Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, Greg Miller is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We're very much looking forward to that. Uh, we'll get his thoughts about uh, the passing of Jerry Sloan, but also on a, on a bright note, uh, the arena, the Jazz, the Miller family announcing a, a really cool blood drive here at Vivint Smart Home Arena, and we'll, we'll get all the facts out there about that and uh, how folks out there can help. So few reasons uh, we're having Greg. Uh, Greg's been nice enough to come on the show today, so we'll get to that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Gordon, we've talked a lot of uh, college football recently, and uh, Kalani Satake was on the station uh, today and uh, there's kind of a lot more questions out there for BYU maybe than other uh, college football programs. What separates BYU from the rest? Well, I'm just saying. Well, maybe not the rest. Uh, you know, the independence thing I think makes it a little bit more. Oh, tricky. I got you. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, most what, definitely. What their schedule is going to look like and how many universities are they going to have to sue for backing out of contracts? <laughs> well. That, that's. Do you think that it's really going to come to that? Do you think uh, it's going to boil down to conference games only for for a lot of teams? Uh, I think it's kind of looking that way, but I I don't know. I hope not. I for BYU's sake, I I hope not. Maybe for the I law mean, firm representing BYU, maybe you know, they're rooting <laughs> for a, for a different outcome. But but I don't know. It 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 seems like we're hearing an awful lot of that rumbling. I wonder. Uh, yeah, I wonder if if a team backed out of deals i wonder if that would stock byu's future schedules with some sort of compensation as far as that school being more pliable to play byu in the future maybe multiple times beats me i don't i'm not an attorney i don't know how all that works but uh i suppose byu would probably rather just play their schedule out as planned and not have to play new mexico state five times right uh, yeah, I would imagine they prefer something besides playing the Aggies five times. That that doesn't seem good for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. nope. certainly not for the Aggies either, I don't think. All right, let's get to the interview with uh, Hanson Scotty and Coach Sataki. They uh, started off the interview asking uh, about his TikToking and his kids helping him out with it. Well, I'm I'm gonna do it just because if, if my daughter's asking, I'll, I'll, of course would we'll, would we'll do it. I just don't know if it's good enough to post, but I mean we're just having fun, you know what I mean. So I I think uh, uh, I don't know. I'll do whatever I can to keep the kids busy and and keep them uh, having fun with everything, especially during the, this time which can be pretty stressful. It's one of the few things that's brought a smile to my face when I turn on social media and I get to see my old teammate and the head coach of BYU sing it, whether it's, you know, whether it's a classic or it's a modern day or you're moving, you're dancing or you're not. Kalani, it's always entertaining, man. It's great. I didn't I knew you had a good voice. I didn't realize it was this level, though. No, it's not that good. I mean, I think uh, I'm just willing to try, and I really don't care about, you know, it's, 
I think everyone has to do a bunch of different takes to see how good they sound. I really don't care what people think about my voice. I'm going to sing whatever, whenever I can, and uh, hopefully not not to upset too many people. But you know, I, I, lo- I love sk- you, you know being a teammate of mine, and you, yeah. you know we used to sing all the time. So, uh, you know, but that, that's usually not my genre that I like to sing. But I like to have a lot of fun and, and don't mind having people laugh at me sometimes. <laughs> Scotty, one year we finally had to have a team meeting. We all came together and we didn't invite Satima. Manali and we all came to the conclusion we were going to take his ukulele and ask him not to sing anymore. Because <laughs> it got a little overbearing. I, I, These are all Hans's great ideas. This is one of our leaders on our team. <laughs> it just ruined someone's uh, someone's like desire to be a, a star. The guy just, just wants a, to see. <laughs> no more. He can do this no no longer. <laughs> I, I, Claudia, I remember as as a freshman, I was just a brand new, you know, freshman, and and we were having this uh, get together with Texas A and M. They were in Provo for the pigskin classic and we met up at sundance at this resort up there and we're taking the the bus up there and i was sitting behind a tula mealy this is like my this is like my integration to you know the byu team and it was a tula mealy and and mark yatawaya and uh, just a, a group of the polynesian singers and they were harmonizing and it was incredibly beautiful and Atula turned to me and he said, "What do you, do you do? Bass? What do you do? I mean, can can you can you like chip in on this?" So I started to try to do some bass, and he goes, "You know what? We're just going to have you sit out. You just sit out, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll take care of this." But man, th- those are some of my favorite times sitting on a bus and, and harmonizing with the team. I don't think people realize how often that happens. Yeah, we did it all the time. Even on songs that didn't need harmony, we just did it anyways. And <laughs> I think I think you were the famous beatboxer or tap on the back of the seat or something to keep our beat going. You, you kept the tempo right. There you go. <laughs> That's about all it was good for, man. Hey, how, uh, how much of an adjustment and how strange has your life been over the last couple of months having to do the meetings on Zoom and, and all that other stuff and not being able to complete spring? How, how, how bizarre has this been for you? You know, I, I think getting just the transition was was difficult. Being, I mean, going on Zoom and and that, that was a little different. But I think there were some positives to it. We were able to connect our players with so many different people, um, a lot of alumni, uh, just just you know guys that are in, in the league and and um, that, that can really you know we even had Coach Shandy Reed speak to our players and um, it was just really good to hear from so many different um, resources that are out there for our players to hear from. I think they're used to hearing things from coaches, but it's nice to have it from different people where whether it's a uh, you know hall of fame um quarterbacks or or heisman trophy winners or super bowl championship coaches you know so i think the, being able to do that was really cool but um you know me i'm i'm, I'm a i like to be in involved with people and like to be there in person but uh, this is the next best thing and we were able to reach out to so many different people at different parts of the country and it was it was a really good positive thing for us and I, I love the way our players reacted to everything and the way that they've uh, allowed this to bring them closer together as a team and as a unit and I think this is going to be a positive for us. Coach do you have a, a confirmed date when you're going to get all your guys back on campus and in, and in the weight room? Yeah, we're starting up on June 1st, and so uh, we have uh, our phase one that, that uh, Tom Homo has, has 
directed the athletic department to, to start with as our football program. Our, our team, they're voluntary workouts, so uh, I imagine you know a good number of our players are already in town, have been in town during the quarantine, but I think uh, we'll see a, a, a high number of our players uh, starting to work out on Monday, and we have uh, a bunch of different groups that will keep them um, practicing social distancing and spacing, and so uh, you know we'll have a number of workouts and, and keep our guys separate and then um, you know do things like temperature testing and have our, our coaches and strength coaches and condition when involved in conditioning monitor our players uh, throughout throughout the workouts and uh, away we go you know so that we'll, we'll start that on Monday and then uh, we'll still be able to do football teaching and, and uh, things on zoom we can't do that in person but we'll do it virtual meetings and um, I'm just excited for this phase this phase of our of our transition to to getting things back to normal so I'm really excited about it I've been really impressed with the way our you know our president Kevin Northern and, and our athletic director Tom Homo has handled this whole thing and working in, in, in um, you know basically working together with uh, the leadership that we've seen from our state and so I'm, I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to get back on uh, to working out although it is voluntary getting back to working out and getting things headed and trending towards being normal are you curious to see what condition these guys are going to be in when they come back to campus, not having a lot of eyes on them? Or are you fairly confident that these guys will be where they need to be? No, I'm really confident that our guys are going to be fine. Uh, I mean, the virtual meetings and all these things with Zoom, and, and uh, we were able to still watch over our guys. Our, our strength coach has been really busy talking to a lot of them. I mean, uh, we've had guys that, that are taking the initiative as leaders to make sure to keep in touch with their players and with their teammates. And, and you know, I have a bunch of guys that are used to being held accountable on their own. So this is kind of, this is, you know, instead of us being here and monitor their workouts, they, we were able to see them go out and do it on their own. We've seen guys uh, maintain their weight that needs to maintain their weight, guys gain muscle mass, and guys actually losing weight during this time. So that's a good positive for us. And, you know, I, I think we have 70% of our team that's returned missionaries. So I think these guys are used to being left on their own to, to conduct their business. And, and uh, you know, we, we had a great semester, the highest semester GPA we've had on our, our in BYU football history. But go even combining that with the fall GPA, I thought we had, you know, we had our best year uh, academically and I think that's that's a that's a good sign uh, not only from the people that work here and the support staff but also a good sign from our leaders on the team and that our care, our players care about each other and want to do better that's the reason why Kyrie Tonga and Matt Bushman decided to come back instead of going to the NFL draft uh, they have high expectations on what to accomplish this this season coach are you confident that you're going to play a, a, t- a full 12 game schedule you know, I'm going to be optimistic about everything, Hans. I, I look at, um, I think there's enough people out there with caution, and, and, and I'm going to be sensitive to that. But I, I think I'm a, you know, me, I'm a positive person, so I want to, uh, I'm going to be positive and, and, and optimistic that things will go well, regardless of uh, what happens. I think we, we're, one thing that I've seen from, from people, um, whether it's uh, in athletics or not, uh, we're really, really good at making adjustments. And so, um, whatever whatever they decide with what's going to happen this season with football, and then we'll just adjust and, and, and go with, with what we got, you know. And, and that's, um, that, that's the one thing that I know we'll, we'll do well. So uh, whether it means a full schedule or not, or if the schedule has to be changed or not, or, or whatever, we have to be ready for a, a full 12 games, and, and we'll see whatever whatever's allowed, and, and we'll go with it, um, understanding that – 
you know, we want to get back to normal. Back to normal means football in the fall. That, that that's and and as soon as we can do that, I think that's everything else should fall fall in line. It's not like football should be any further than anything else. You know, if if everything is going well in society and in our communities as we see it trending the right way, then then hopefully when we get to September, that means football and, and a full schedule. But uh, right now, that's hard for me to say and hard for a lot of other people to say. But regardless, I know that we'll make adjustments and we'll do whatever we can to, to keep competition alive, just like we will with helping the economy and helping people stay safe. So much of what BYU is is a great environment with a packed stadium and and crazy crowds. How weird will it be if uh, Cougar Stadium has to have you know twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or or less as a capacity? Uh, is that something that, uh, that that you've been keeping track of and you're keeping an eye on? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm not concerned about the, the stadium guidelines on how many people can attend games. I just want to make sure that whatever we put on the field is is our best, you know, and that that's what I'm focused on. And you know, I look at like these uh, the UFC fights, and uh, their their punches weren't any softer. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the <laughs> they still made people tap out. And once they get into that arena, it, it is almost like their focus is just trying to win. And I imagine that's what's going to happen with everything else. So it's not like uh, the UFC is different than than basketball, football, or baseball. I think when we get into the arena and start getting ready to have competition I think you're going to get the best out of us and uh, you know we'd love to have as many fans as we can because we we love enjoying our our interaction with the fans and making them happy but you know we'll do whatever is best for 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 all mankind to be to be honest but uh, i just know these guys and, and you know as, as competitors that once you get into the into the swing of things it just it just takes yeah. over and you just play and, and it doesn't make it any any less important it just makes it the focus just becomes uh, you know even more important because you just want to win so i think it's gonna be a lot of fun you know, we're seeing a lot of panic uh, across the country with smaller universities and we're seeing departments get cut. And, you know, you're, you're hearing of panic in the athletic departments when you're talking to administrators with Tom Homo and others. Coach, are, are you sensing panic at BYU? Are you sensing fear of, of financial uh, dissolution or, or or any type of worry in that concern? No, none whatsoever here at BYU, you know, and, and I, uh, I'm sensitive to, to other schools that are struggling with that, and it's just not not schools and universities and athletic departments. It's it's everything. There's a lot of businesses, a lot of people that are going through so, a high amount of stress right now, and so I, I'm very, um, you know, I, I'm I'm I understand what some of the struggles people are going through, and so uh, I just want to be sensitive to that and and be aware that that is happening, but. Um, at the same time, you know, uh, I've, what I've seen from our leadership on uh, on our uni- at our university and our church, and here in the athletic department has been nothing but positive and and confident. So I, I, I follow their lead and been really impressed with the things that they've done during during the the quarantine and now as we transition into our phase one to getting everyone back into the swing of things with competition and, and off season conditioning. I, I I'm seeing it even more. So, but I, I do have a lot of friends that are that are out there in the coaching profession that that are concerned about you know their teams and and their programs and and it's just not in the sport of football so many different uh sports that are out there but i have a lot of friends that are struggling with their businesses too and 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 with their jobs and so uh hopefully we can all work together and and and, uh you know as we go through this this next change that we can get things back to normal which means helping everyone out as much as we can kalani 
can't thank you enough for doing this. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, chatting with you a little bit later in the summer about all things football. Let's do it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Go Cougs. There you go. That's Coach Kalani Satake, BYU head football coach. And it sounds like he's just uh, trying to do as much as he can under the limited parameters that uh, we're all kind of operating under. But it sounds like the things are moving a little bit down there at BYU. Yeah, and he he sounded uh, – he said he wanted to be optimistic, you know, because it's funny. He said there are enough people out there who are, who are being cautious – so he's kind of going full speed ahead. That must be a really weird feeling to be working in an environment where you're working as though everything will be normal, but you're not really sure. You know, so. But it's certainly better to go full speed ahead as best you can under the circumstances and be prepared for whatever comes as opposed to be scrambling at the last second and wishing that things had been different earlier. I'm glad uh, Kalani's taking an optimistic approach. That's who he is, and I bet that makes him a good leader for his team uh, through all of this. And, uh, you know, the, Tom Homo's a really smart, uh, smart guy. You know, that athletic department, I think those athletes, I think they're in good hands down there. But I like, uh, I like it that that coach is optimistic and upbeat, you know, and he talked about the social media stuff and putting together dances with his kids. And I, we just need, need people like that in our lives, I think. Yeah, I like optimism as long as it's grounded, you know, as long as it uh, doesn't depart from reality. Do you think uh, it's – do you think Kalani's departing from reality? No. I said as long as. That's That, that was not meant as any kind of accusation toward Kalani Sataki specifically. Uh, I like optimism, but if you have ever been around somebody that just blows sunshine all over the place and just uh, is uh, you know just whistling in the in the dark and acts like everything is fine and you know Rome is burning all around him, that's that's not particularly useful, I don't think. Okay, all right. I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Coach Sataki here. I was just saying I appreciated his optimism. I don't. I don't feel like he's that way. Yeah, I was making a more general statement. He's meaning more like me as an Angels fan. Every uh, winter, I sit here and go, "Okay, maybe we'll be better next year. Maybe we'll, you know, what? I believe we're going to make improvements." And then they they just suck again. And that optimism, Gordon, if I'm not mistaken, is what you would uh, refer to as uh, not based in reality. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, you're just hoping that they can live up to the standard set by Samsung in the Korean League. Oh, the Lions, eleven to one, eleven to one over Lotte uh, yeah. today, fellas. What's the overall one. record? No, that's not important. We're, we we live in the moment. <laughs> see, he's, <laughs> see, he's uh, he's not grounded. No, I've never thought Austin. Join me, will you? <laughs> All right, we'll have more uh, big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Don't forget Greg Miller at the top of the five o'clock hour. It's uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Thank you very much for making us a part of your Wednesday. We greatly appreciate it. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Uh, Gordon going from BYU football to BYU basketball. Uh, some not... So good news. We found out today that uh, Mac McClung, the Georgetown transfer, is headed for Texas Tech and not for Provo. Yeah, I saw that story. And uh, BYU was uh, part of just a handful of schools that were in the running for this kid. And, uh, you know, Mark Pope working his magic again. And ultimately, they didn't land him. But you're not going to get them all. Uh, If BYU had gotten that guy then he would have thought that there was a real magic potion going on down there in Provo, but uh, missed out on it. Uh, how important do you think it is that Coach Pope follow up uh, this year's success next year? I, really, I think it's really important. Uh, he wants to keep his momentum going. and uh, he's, he's only, I saw a list today that uh, had uh, Harms as listed as the third best transfer in the entire crop this year. And it was a long list. And you looked on down the, the, the line on the on the various listing of the players, and some of the ones that were down the list, like 20 or 25 spots, were going to big blue blood you know, teams, uh, big name programs. And so the fact that Harms was that high up going to BYU really stood out. Well, yeah, and I, I think that BYU's got a ton of rebuilding to do, so they need as, as many of those players that uh, that they can get. And we talked about it before. I mean, how many seven-footers has BYU had traditionally? You know, this guy's got great size, and he's going to have a, a big impact on the team. They, they're going to have to do more, though. I mean, uh, you know, replacing uh, uh, Toulson, replacing Haas. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of production right there that they're going to have to figure it out. So, yeah, Matt Harms is, is definitely going to be a, a big fit on that, that roster, but they got a lot to do. They got a lot yeah, of work seven, to do. That's that's why they they wanted McClung. I'm sure. Yeah, they lost seven seniors, and uh, they need to uh, you know, load that up again. And not only that, but a lot of the, the these athletes that BYU has signed, they go on missions, and so they're out for two years. And then how long does it take them to get back into shape to be able to play again after that? And so sometimes there are these needs for. I don't want to call it a stopgap, but you've got to put somebody on the floor. And he wants to sustain that momentum that he built in his first year. I thought surprising momentum, really. I mean, I expected BYU to be decent. They're usually decent. They've been kind of good for a long, long time. But they were better than I expected. They were better than I thought they'd be. And I thought they were primed for maybe doing some damage in the postseason. And there aren't very many BYU teams that you feel that way about. But this one was one of them. Well, you know, I agree. I agree with what you said right there, other other than the fact that maybe we shouldn't have been surprised. Not not saying that I wasn't right there along with you, but you look at the talent on that BYU team and you add Jake Toulson, who was the WAC player of the year the year before. And speaking of a transfer that had big-time offers, you know, we heard those stories about Kentucky being in town with, with Jake Toulson, right? So you add them to, or you add him to those other seniors, and a guy like T.J. Haas, who really—I don't want to say finally, because that sounds so kind of almost insulting—but but really finally developed into the player that uh, that we thought he could be. And then Yoli Childs, we knew how good he was, 
and to come back and to land him to get him to come back, you know, maybe we should have of of seen it coming a little bit more, right? And I I certainly agree with your assessment that that they could have done some real damage in the NCAA real damage. You know, they could have won some games in the NCAA tournament. They had a very nice record, and if uh, Yoli Childs hadn't been suspended with that goofy NCAA thing, which was ridiculous as far as I was concerned, I got no rooting interest one way or the other. I don't care. I couldn't care less. But uh, that the, the way the NCAA treated him was, was just stupid. And, uh, and, and then he had an injury to deal with as well. So, yeah, the Cougars were a great success in their first season, and Matt Harm said that's one of the reasons he wanted to go there. He was impressed by that. And let's not uh, make any <laughs> let's not uh, sugarcoat it one way or the other. Harms wants to be a star. He wants to be a star, and he got the impression from Mark Pope that if he came to BYU, he would be certainly would be given the opportunity. Something he did not feel so comfortable about at Purdue. Well, I think it's something we were talking about the other day. I think that's what BYU really had to sell. Uh, to, to Harms and McClung for that matter even though McClung didn't uh, take him up on it is there's tons of opportunity to play big roles on the team next year not to say they don't have some players coming back because I know they do but just from a number standpoint they're replacing a lot and from a talent standpoint they're replacing a lot so you know if Matt Harms wants to be a 20 and 10 guy in the NCAA which uh, I don't know if that's even possible but if he wants to he'll probably have the opportunity to well, and that's, like you said, that's part of Pope's pitch. But the other part of it was, and Harm stressed this, even though he had never been to BYU, he's never been to BYU's campus. Never been there. And yet that's where he chose to go. He said not just because of the enthusiasm and the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the pitch of, uh, of Pope, but, but also because he looked at the record at what Pope did in his first year, and he was impressed by it. So, yeah, it's funny how momentum in college basketball is really, really important, and players aren't dumb. They can look around and see who's getting it done who isn't. And in college basketball, one or two players can make a, a huge difference. You know, landing a player or two, I mean, how different would Dave Rose's career been had he landed uh, Jabari Parker? And convinced him to stay more than a year. I know he only, uh, you know, stayed a year at Duke or whatever. Or, or the other kid, the local kid, they lost to Duke. Why am I going, Frank? Uh, Frank Jackson. Yeah, you know, yeah. he uh, he was a he was a BYU guy. He was uh, he was going to go to BYU until he got bigger for his britches and decided, hey man, and I don't blame him at all. I mean, when Duke comes calling, you can understand it. But Harms is only going to be here for one year, uh, and so. It's it, it it from that standpoint, it is a short term stopgap, uh, but but that's the way college basketball is right now, you know, just going to be that way. If you get top tier players, they're not going to stick around for long. And we'll see if that uh, changes with this whole G League situation, where you've already had some uh, some top tier high school guys choose to go to the G League to this special team that they're setting up in in Southern California, and then eventually I do expect the NBA maybe in the next round of official CBA negotiations to go ahead and get rid of the uh, the one and done rule, which uh, people mistake as a as a college rule all the time, which it just drives me crazy. Even people in the media, so oh, this one and done rule, the NCAA, blah blah blah, and it's like no, that's an NBA rule. Uh, you're directing your anger in the in the wrong direction. It just happens to have a major impact on college basketball. And I do. I think it would be uh, uh, better for both the NBA and for college to to get rid of that rule. But in the meantime, 
you know, how will the G League affect where some of those players go if they can pay them a, a salary that's that's worth it? And would do they get the exposure to necessary to get them where they need to go? I mean, it's kind of this this experiment that we're we're watching play out in front of us. Well, these these players that are going to be on that team, they're getting half a million dollars more, you know. And it'll be interesting to see when those guys go up against the other players around the G League. <laughs> How's that going to go, Jake? Because you got some more veteran players who are scrapping and fighting and trying to get some attention from uh, the big league. And you got this team full of young whippersnappers who are supposed to be these stars that are headed for the NBA. You tell me those guys aren't going to be motivated to uh, put a whooping on the youngins? Oh, it'll be fascinating to watch, but I think the whippersnappers are going to get worked. And I actually think that that's going to be a part of this equation is how good can you look going up against these grown men who are hungry and playing every second yeah. like it's their last because it yeah. probably is. And <laughs> so, you know, I wonder, you know, you could be scoring. You go to Gonzaga, you could be scoring 25 points a night on uh, the West Coast Conference and those uh, cupcakes. Or you can uh, go up against a, a 25-year-old with a full-grown 6'8", full-frame body and have that, uh, you know, leaning on you each and every night, you know? Uh, there might be a downside to going to the G League that we haven't realized yet. Now, I could be totally wrong, and maybe these prospects are really, really good, but I doubt it. I mean, because your best G League team is probably—actually, I don't even need to throw probably—is better than your best college team. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, in a sense, playing against Kentucky— or whatever, Duke, or wherever you want to throw in there, every single night. You and have a very a, motivated one because, right. like you said, the 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 the, uh, the big team, the big league scouts are going to be watching this team carefully, keeping an eye on the talent on the young team. And so the other guys are going, I know everyone's watching right now, and I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make a point. All right, we've got a partner profile coming up next. Uh, we're going to have a chat with James Olson of the Les Olson Company, a proud partner of The Zone and, of course, the Utah Jazz. We love those partner profiles. And then we're going to have Greg Miller, who's going to join us at the uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. We're going to talk to Greg Miller coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll get Greg, Greg's thoughts, of course, on the, uh, the passing of Jerry Sloan. Uh, there's a board of governors coming up, uh, meeting with the NBA coming up on Friday, and Greg is a member, of course. And a uh, new blood drive, or an uh, exciting announcement of a blood drive uh, for the Jazz right here at Vivint Smart Home Arena uh, made today. So we'll ask him about that as well. But right now it's time for a partner profile. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, CEO of the Les Olson Company. He is James Olson with us here on The Big Show. James, thank you very much for a few minutes. How are you and yours? Everybody doing all right? We're hanging in there. Thanks so much for having us on today. We really appreciate your time. Oh, you you bet. Uh, you've been such great partners with the Jazz in the Zone over the years. We wanted to, to check in with you and tell us a little bit about how things are going in these uh, unique times. Sure. Yeah. You know, we're 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 hanging in there right now. Um, you know, just 
going through things day by day and, um, you know, working through the challenges that I think all businesses are facing at uh, this time, just, you know, figuring out, you know, with office staff and, you know, we've, we've had to make some adjustments there with, you know, 32-hour work weeks and things like that. But, you know, we are, we're, we're hanging in there and we're, we are, uh, you know, taking care of these essential businesses. And, and so it's important that, you know, our service teams are up and ready to go both on our image and print side, but also on, on the IT side of our business that is, is important to our clients. Well, uh, I mentioned uh, with such longtime partners with the Jazz. Let's, let's harken back. You guys were around with the Jazz during the Salt Palace days, right? Yeah, we were. So, you know, our grandfather, Les, he was really excited to be getting an NBA franchise in Utah and felt like it was some, something that signified that Utah was becoming you know, important compared to the rest of the, the country. You know, the Jazz was our first sports sponsorship, and it helped us realize how important sports teams are to people and how supporting a local team helps, helps build support to our own brand because people like to do business with people, you know, who like the same, same things they do. You know, it goes to that saying that, you know, you like to buy from who you know, like, and trust. And, you know, this has led to sports marketing with all of the major sports programs throughout the state of Utah and Nevada. Our employees here at Les Olson Company, I mean, they just, they, they love sports. And, you know, I know everybody's missing sports right now. It's been, it's been a real challenge for people. Well, speaking of challenges for people, James, and James Olson with a CEO of Les Olson Company, it's a, a partner profile, but you guys uh, help businesses. That's, that's what you do, and it's got to make you feel pretty good to continue to help businesses and continue that mission. It seems even more important today than ever. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that's, that, that we've been able to do, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we all wake up one day and it's we're not going to the office anymore and people are needing to work from home. And so we've been able to, you know, help people, you know, with our, our bundles so that they can work from home, that they, they can get a robust uh, product that they can, they can print at home as needed. But then also, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, a computer, a printer, a scanner or any software that they need. So that's one thing that we felt really good about helping people with with their business but then also working from home and and you know providing efficiencies even with our uh, document management you know software that's really helped people too so it's it's worked well for them well uh, James you guys are such big sports fans and uh, such great partners with the jazz give us your thoughts on on uh, maybe seeing the playoffs in Orlando in a bubble it'd be great to just get basketball back right Right. Well, I think, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we're all dying to, to, to see our favorite teams and players come back to the, to the courts and play. And look, if it's, if it's in Orlando and, and that's what we get, I think people will be excited about that. And it, it provides us an opportunity to look for, for this to come back. And it's really exciting. Well, hey, we're, we were excited to have you on the show today, James, and excited to check in with our friends there at the Les Olson Company. Please uh, tell your employees and everybody over there, thank you, and uh, we appreciate uh, them and what they do. 
Well, we appreciate you. Thank you to the Utah Jazz and other Larry Miller sports entities. We're excited to have things get back to where we can see the basketball, the baseball, and cycling again. And, and also, we just like to share our condolences you know, with the Sloan family. We miss him and wish him the very best. And thanks for all that uh, you guys do to you know, give us something while things are in, in such a tough period of time. So really appreciate you guys. Thank you, James. Be well. You too. Take care. That's James Olson, CEO of the Les Olson Company. And, uh, of course, uh, they sponsor the stats of the game uh, in the postgame, Gordon. So I always uh, like mentioning them because it allows us to, to pour over the, the numbers. So you can sound smart? Exactly. So I need something to help me sound smart, that's for that's sure. When that, that's when Jake says, you know... The Jazz are averaging uh, 27 points in the first quarter on Tuesday nights. <laughs> That's when we get really deep, really Do they wonky. give you that stuff or do they just give you the basics? I, I suppose I get to create kind of the features, so it's whatever I, I really want to look up. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes go for more of a deep dive, but usually it's just uh, just the basics. Keep it simple, stupid. That's exactly right. I, you know, when people get too wonky into the numbers, I, that's that's when I get confused. As you know, Gordon, I'm <laughs> I'm very easily confused. Uh, not true. Um, for those of you who are expecting to hear the not sports report here in this segment, sometimes when partner profiles jump in, we we have to move it around a little bit. Uh, we're going to push it back to five fifty. So tune in at five fifty for the not sports report. Do you have so you a? Know do you, that, you know what that you know what that tells me. That tells me that you know, in your heart of hearts, just like Austin does deep down, that if he he if he dug it out from behind that. That dark heart of his, you know, he would admit that there is a large audience for the Not Sports Report. People who set their clock by it, people who depend on it, people who rely on it to go home and have a good story to tell their loved ones around the dinner table. Were we talking about basing our optimism in reality like 20 minutes ago? I don't. <laughs> Wasn't that you that said that, Mr. Radio's Not Linear? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, I think I did say that, actually. I think I might want to ask Greg Miller when he's on at 5 if he's okay with the uh, used car supermarket getting their return in the product like you've been giving them. I don't know. Well, why? Hmm. I mean, th- that's beyond reproach. <laughs> beyond <laughs> reproach. <laughs> yeah. I just you know, know, Did you say happening. approach or reproach? I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't. It, you said Austin had a dark heart. I don't think Austin has a dark heart. Oh, well. It depends. Depends on the category. uh, It's dark. (laughs) Is that really necessary? Say that Austin has a a dark heart, like a personal shot in there? Black. Wow. That's my favorite color. I'm wearing a a black shirt today. You are wearing a black shirt. Black is slimming. Is black your favorite color? No. Green. But then black. And Uh, then hot pink. Next question. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds confused doesn't he sound confused jake uh a little bit a, yeah. a little bit confused. green black what was the other one pink hot pink get it right fluorescent pink sure well. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. something that pops what shade of green uh sea foam <laughs> that is, is a good sea, shade is sea foam kind of that teal color yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm that teal color that all the pro sports were going to for a while. Similar, similar to a mint, I believe. I don't know. 
<laughs> not I so like green. I like green too. I, I do like green. All right, coming up next, you know Greg green, Miller. Do you know what green is a mix of what colors? Yellow and blue, right? I think so. Let me think back to my kindergarten Primary colors yeah. are one, two, three. Red, yellow, and blue. Yep. <laughs> there you go. And red and blue, that, that's purple, right? Yep. That sounds uh, right. Mm. All right, stay tuned. Greg Miller joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.